This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger, getting ready for NFL camps, guys. We've been saying it. It's coming. It's coming. And we're here. And Baldy, obviously, we're going to get into today the AFC South. There's a lot of stuff going on, but we got to talk about what's going on with the running backs. Yeah. And Yesterday was a big day. It was tag day. You either came to a deal, an agreement, or you didn't. And that means you're playing on the tag. And there are three running backs that I think have significant value to their team that did not get long-term deals. Saquon Barkley, right? Uh, Josh Jacobs, and then Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. So let's talk about this a little bit. Because my thing with this, Baldy, is if you took the, the word running back out of the equation, and I just asked you, how valuable is Saquon Barkley? Not how valuable is he as a running back, but how valuable is he? How do you answer that question if you're the Giants? Now, they didn't come to a long-term agreement, but I always think this is a little bit skewed because we keep thinking that guys are just handing the ball off and they're just running out of the backfield when we know these guys are doing a lot more than that. Well, I mean, you know, Josh Jacobs only led the league in rushing last year. I mean, that's not that's always an achievement for any back. You know, you were the rushing leader uh, and and the total yardage leader. I mean, he had over 2,000 yards yep. last year. And if there's a year that you want to be the total yardage leader and the rushing champion, it's the year that you're going into your contract and you feel like you're playing for your contract. That's what every player at every level does in the NFL. Whether you're a fourth-round pick like Tony Pollard or a first-round pick like Josh Jacobs, you want to play for your second contract, whenever that is, fourth year, fifth year. Uh, you know, Josh's case is fifth year. So that's that's what you're playing for. You're playing for that second contract in, in every position. The running backs just aren't getting second contracts. And, you know, I've seen I've seen the analytics that say, draft the running back in every round, let him play <laughs> out the contract. If they're really yeah. good, franchise tag him, then go draft another running back. You know, you've seen that. You know, that's out there. Um, and, you know, with the injuries and the way that you could find running backs, there is some truth to that. However, you can't just find Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs in every round. You just can't do it. You, those are, well, I, I call them, you know, to use a basketball term, Carl, they're point scorers. They score points for your team. They play keep away. They keep you uh, on the field. They help your defense. They, they protect your quarterback. They do all these things. So the question really is, it's not that these teams don't want to give them a long-term contract. They just don't want to give them the big guaranteed money where the injury history says they might not play the next four years. They might, like Saquon has been hurt, missed most of one season, parts of another. Like, they just say, we want you, 
we'll give you a deal. We're just not going to give you a big guaranteed deal where there's a larger injury history and a shorter shelf life. And now I'm, that sounds like I'm being negative like a lot of the people about running backs. I'm not. I'm, I, that's why, you know, Joe Shane, who came out of Buffalo, where they're just – you could just see it, you know, what they've done in Buffalo. And James Cook's the guy now, but maybe two years from now, they dropped another guy in the third round um, like they have done. Uh, they had Motor Singletary there, third-round pick at FAU. You know, he's not there now. Here's James Cook. So that's really what's what is the right value. Like, I think it has to be reset and favor the running backs, to your point. If they weren't running backs, would they get the long-term deal? Well, maybe, Carl, except that running backs just have this history with them. Very few guys go through four years, six years, eight years without injuries. Now, you can say that about every every player. Everybody's going to get hurt. just seems like there's more major injuries and a shorter shelf life for running backs. So I just want to go back to Saquon Barkley's rookie season. Because I think we forget how special it was. And then I want to talk about a guy that, that you saw play and, and, and probably played against at some point. Um, as we talk about the running backs, guys, and, and the, the, the marginalization of what's happening with running backs across the board. Um, Austin Eckler had to beg for basically the $2 million incentives this year with the Chargers, mm-hmm. okay? Austin Eckler is amazing. Mm-hmm. But, but Saquon in his rookie year, 261 carries. 1,307 yards, 11 touchdowns. He also caught 91 balls for 721 yards and had four touchdowns, and they targeted him over 121 times. Those numbers, if you extrapolate that, and again, Baldy just said it. He was hurt. We get that, coming off the injury. But I think last year, Baldy, the Giants don't even get to the playoffs without what St. Paul did. So I'm just looking at these numbers, and I'm going, forget about – Running back, if I can bring this to your team, how can you not say that I, I shouldn't get X amount of dollars, 10 million, 15, whatever it is, because Christian McCaffrey is the is the highest level right now. But I'm looking at this and I'm going, that's incredible. But Baldy, I want to mention this because I want you to talk about this. Eric Dickerson holds the rookie rushing record. Okay. 1983, 1808 yards. He had 18 rushing touchdowns. They gave him the ball 390 times. Now, guys, we know the game has changed, but I just want you to contemplate this a little bit. He also caught 51 balls for 400 yards. People don't think Eric Dickerson was a guy catching the ball out of the backfield. We just remember him running down hill and running, you know, touchdowns. But he led the league in rushing. Baldy, 1,800 yards. We're never going to see that again. As a rookie? No, because you're not going to – because. Tell me who Eric Dickerson's backup was in Los Angeles. I played with Eric in Indianapolis and his first full year in Indianapolis, 1988, that was my first year there. He led the league in rushing and he made it look pretty easy. He had over 1600 in that year. I think like 1680, something like that. I mean, he was, he was just a freak. Now that was, you know, that his sixth year at that time. Um, and I think he'd run. I think he won the rushing title maybe three or four times in that span. Yeah, um, he he was just he was just something special. I played with Tony Dorsett. It was the same thing. I mean, yes, Timmy Newsom was his backup, and I could give you Albert Bentley was Eric's backup in Indianapolis. But for the most part, those guys back then, Wilbur Montgomery, those guys were the mail carriers, just yep. the way Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb are now. I mean, yes, they come off the field on occasion. They get spot duty some. The game's changed a lot. There's more plays in the game now up more up tempo so there's more more snaps 
But, you know, the body types have just changed, and there's very few guys. Now, Josh Jacobs was amazing last year. Just, like, I did a little thing on him. He's, you know, I've kind of become a buddy of his over, you know, just putting things out there on just how special he is. Yeah, just, and I he mean, respects almost, that. He respects that. Yeah, and he respects that. And, you know, I mean, I put one video out a couple of weeks ago because I was, like, in his corner to get a deal. And, you know, it's got 800,000 views or whatever. You know, it's just – but, like, you know, he reached out to me. Thanks, Baldy. He appreciates the love. But the love is really only comes in one measure. And it's it's just dollars. And it's guaranteed dollars. Just the way Lamar fought for his contract. Yep. And he got his contract. Um, some people got to fight for it. Lamar to kind of fight for his. You know, Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, it seemed like it just happened, like, overnight. You know, behind closed doors, deal got done. Both guys are happy. Both guys got big guaranteed monies. Both guys have been injured. Okay, both guys have missed time, and both guys are young. Okay, so what's the difference between those two guys and just say Saquon and uh, Tony Pollard? I could see. Look, he's getting I think ten plus million. He is fourth round pick. He's the guy. Like there was no question that he was going to sign the deal, Carl. You know, but these first round picks now that have gone out there and done what they have done and accomplished what they have accomplished, and the teams are far better with them than without them. That's that's my spiel, Carl, to say pay the running backs. Give them the deal. Yes. On the other hand, Kansas City have won two Super Bowls in the last four years. Tell me who the running backs are. You know, free agents, Williams, you know, four it's years ago. A revolving door. Yeah. You know, they just had a revolving door. You know, the Eagles do it by committee. Um, you know, New England, um, you know, they had Corey Dillon at one time and you know, but they, they've won with James White and, you know, a variety of different guys in different roles. Brandon Bolden, you go through the list of all the guys that have come through New England. So, it's a passing league. Teams are putting their money in the quarterback and the receivers and their offensive line and not in the running backs. Guys, and again, we don't have all the answers. We're just giving you what we think about it and talking to people we know and how this is playing out. But Baldy and I both, I, we would love to see these guys get paid because – the effort they're putting in, the Jacobs season last year deserves a raise. It just does. And, and you know, we're not against it, but this is what teams are deciding to do and how they're handling business. And, oh, by the way, both players, both Saquon and Josh Jacobs, are like the perfect teammate. They're the perfect citizen. Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't make an NFL superstar like any better as a person. Clock strikes midnight. You never, have to, you never have to worry about either player. All right, they're doing the right things. Like it's not like, oh well, the talent. We'll just pay the talent. Like whatever they do, up. He's. They're not one of these guys. Um, so that's that. And then you know, it was also something that came out because now you go, okay, what is Saquon and Josh going to do? Both teams report next week. Yeah, right. Reportedly, reportedly, either one player going to show up. So, but you know, there's no long term deal. It's the franchise tag or nothing. So Le'Veon Bell was faced with that, and he sat out. And yesterday he came out. With the, today we're taping this on Wednesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, right, Carl? Tuesday? Tuesday, yeah. July 18th. So for anybody that's listening to this, Evergreen or whatever. You know, yesterday, Monday, July 17th, Le'Veon came out, and he apologized to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Uh, for, for sitting out. I don't know if you saw this, Carl. He, he had like a real serious post. I mean, it was almost tearful that he really messed up. He should never have sat out. He should never have done that to the Steelers. Um, 
He never was the same player again. Yep. And it was a mistake. And I feel like even though both players have to make a decision, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, I feel like the idea that they would sit out, I don't think either will. Both will be disgruntled. Um, they're playing for either a franchise tag next year or a long-term deal or something. You know, they'll be in the same position next year. I don't think it will behoove them to sit out. So then you go, okay, is it better to just miss all the training camp and state your position? I don't know what the best position is now that that deadline has come and gone. Baldy, you bring up a great point. And, and guys, we're going to get to the AFC South. Uh, lots of stuff going on there. I'm excited about C.J. Stroud and what Anthony Richardson may be. And we'll talk all about the moves that the Titans made. But I just want to say this. Sometimes your ego gets in the way. <laughs> and sometimes it behooves you to allow your ego to make decisions that cost you millions of dollars that you'll never be able to recoup. And as much as I love Saquon and, and, and Josh, you're right. I mean, the statement is, let's be honest, screw you. You screwed me. I'm going to sit out camp. I'll be available week one and I'll talk to you guys, right? That's that's the reality. But the whole sitting out for a season, check your ego. Guys, $10 million is still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Is it what these guys should be getting where other running backs, specifically Christian McCaffrey and his value is? No. But it's still a lot of money and you will not recoup that. And so Le'Veon Bell understands the money he lost out on, even when he went to the Jets, Baldy, he didn't get that money back. And no. you think back, they had a, well, whatever Antonio Brown was at that point, Le'Veon, they had a, a team that possibly could have challenged. Yes. And his ego got in the way and it allowed him to do himself a disservice. And I agree with you. I hope these guys don't do that. And I don't think they will. But the whole camp thing is like, I'll see you when I see you. That's okay, except that everybody needs to be hit. Everybody yeah. needs to get in football shape. The worst thing that can happen, because we have seen this, guys miss camp for whether it's a contract deal or recovering from injury, and they go out and they play these first games, and they get banged up, you know, and they get nicked, and they're not in football shape. Football shape is different than running with parachutes and running up hills and doing all the stuff <laughs> that these guys do. Like, you, running backs need to get hit. They need to get in hitting shape. And they need to get banged. Um, I, you know, I mean, I remember, I remember one year uh, I worked with Ladanian Thomas, and he's the world's greatest guy. But you know, um, you know, at one point the Chargers gave up on him, and he went to New York and you know carried the load for Rex Ryan to the playoffs, and you know had to you know finish his career really strong. But I remember one year in preseason, Marty Schottenheimer, they pitched it to him on a on a on a pitch. Uh, first play in a preseason game, and he went 80 yards and did what LT did, dropped the ball in the end zone, went back to the bench, and Marty said, that's it, you're done. And he was done till week one when he started the season for him. So but even if it's that, you got to get in some kind of shape. You do, you know, you know, Giants open with Dallas, you know, on a Monday night. Um, don't don't go up against Micah and everybody without getting hit. Like I, just, I, I think they need to do that. So, but they got that decision to make. I, they're never getting the money back. Um, it's not the right move. It's still ten million. You know, if you do good things with it, it's twenty million in seven years. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like That's just right. put it, just put it in a safe uh, money market. You know, something 
four five percent interest, whatever, and sure. uh, let it let the money double. You'll be fine. Baldy, uh, we got to get into but, the but, but real quick though, Carl. The, the, yeah. the thing that ticks them off, and the reason why they're in the position they're in, they want the guaranteed deal, the sure. way Lamar Jalen Hurts got. They so that if there is an injury, they they got protected. They got protection if there is something, and so that's that's what all these other positions are getting. They're getting the guaranteed money, and that's the bag. The bag is the guarantee. The ten million is real, and I'm not downplaying that to anybody out there listening. Exactly. We all know it's a ton of money. And they might not be able to spend it in this lifetime. But it is about getting the bag is the guaranteed money. And when you walk in the locker room, who has the biggest guaranteed deal? There is that pride and there is that commitment from the team. That's what they're looking for. Commitment. Saquon doesn't play anywhere else but the Giants. He wants to be a New York Giant for life. The commitment with the long-term deal says, Saquon, you're with us. You're our family. And they're not getting that. And that's what ticks them off eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, Baldy, we got to, we've got to get into the AFC South, guys. It's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube, in the huddle pod. And wherever you get your podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode as we will amp up here as we get ready for the start of camp. By the way, Jets report tomorrow. Rookies reporting for various teams today. Um, so we're here, guys. All right, let's talk about the South. First things first, Tennessee. The news of D-Hop going to Tennessee, two-year deal. It's heavy incentive-laden, but again, you know, he's got all these marks, right? Not over 95 catches, 10 touchdowns or more. He's getting, you know, X amount of dollars. It could get him to the number where he wants to be. But how does this change the Titans now offensively? I saw him post on Insta where hearing him and, and King Henry were like, oh, here we go, you know, like, they're, they're lock and step. Um, tell me about the Titans, Baldy, and what you think about this move and how it helps them. It helps them. It helps them a great deal, Carl. And you have to go back. You know, it's just easy to look at their final record of 7-10. and 10. Tannehill's on the like, – but you have to go back and look at the season because they lost the first two games. Remember the Giants went for two at the end of the game? They said, screw it, we're going to win it. Yep. And it kind of shocked them in Tennessee, you know. And so they got off to a 0-2 start, and then they – they won um, seven out of eight games and they're sitting there at seven and three. And by the way, the one game they lost 
in that eight-game stretch was to Kansas City by three points. And if they had A.J. Brown, they'd probably win that game. And then week 12, they played Cincinnati. So there's Kansas City and Cincinnati, the two Tigers in the AFC. And Tennessee feels like they're right there with them. You know, and at this point, they had lost to Nico Autry. They lost Harold Landry for the season. They had, you know, they lost one injury, and they had no A.J. Brown. They had a rookie in Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. They had guys. They didn't have a, they didn't have a dog out there. And you just go, I go back and watch the Cincinnati game yesterday. And week 12, they're battling. They're battling like crazy. I mean, it's a 1916 game finish. And there's opportunities in the red zone to go punch in touchdowns. And I feel like if they had DeAndre, if they had Adre, mm. there's Nuke out there, like Tannehill to Nuke, like touchdowns and not field goals. They win a game. And maybe they don't finish on a seven-game losing streak. I was with some guys from Tennessee this past week working out down in Florida, Carl. Rashad Weaver, some guys. Like, their defensive front went healthy with, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, Landry, Danico Autry. Like, they make life difficult for quarterbacks. Think about it. Just even last year with all the injuries they had, the Chiefs scored 20 against them. Bengals scored 19. When they're healthy up front, and they've got an improved secondary, when they're healthy up front, teams don't put 30 points up on them. They don't. And so now the offense says, okay, let's hand it to King. Let's do these things. Let's get the offensive line rolling. Let's let's get the King rolling. And then we're going to play action pass, and Traylon Burks is going to get better. Just being around Nuke, he's going to get better. Let's take our shots. Let's let, let you know. And I feel like they're a team that has been overlooked this whole offseason. And now, mm. because, because we're going to get to Jacksonville, but I feel like with Nuke, and the fact that his whole career, in places he's been, whether it was Houston or Arizona, everybody knew he was the guy. Everybody knew he was going to get bracket coverage, double coverage, the best <laughs> corner. They're going to get, get Jalen Ramsey. They're going to get he's going to get that, and that's all he's ever seen. And he knows how to beat it. He's not going to beat it the way AJ. AJ can just put his foot in the ground and explode. He doesn't have that, but he's got, you know, he, he's got that it that you need to play fourth and one. We're going to nuke. It's third and three at the eight. We're going to new. Like, the ball's coming to him, and he wants it. He wants the ball in that moment, and he doesn't drop passes. No. He's got great hands, body. Like, he's special. He's a special player. And I feel like, even though he's 31, I feel like this is a good spot for him. And I think he thinks it's a good spot. It is. I, I Listen, I thought it was better than the Patriots for him. And, I, you know, I know the Patriots are in the mix, and he had visited there. I think this is a better place, a landing spot for him as well. Here's the question, though, Baldy. As we talk about the Titans, guys, we're going through the AFC South. Um, they add DeAndre Hopkins. How many, how many miles does Derrick Henry now have on those legs? Okay. In 2020, Derrick Henry had one of the best career, best seasons ever for running back. But he toted the rock 378 times that year. He ran for over 2,000 yards. He scored 17 touchdowns. So if I'm a team that's playing the Titans now, right, and you said this, last year, I'm just loading up. I'm not letting Derrick Henry beat me, and I got to let these other guys make some plays. So now this opens up a little bit more for, hey, Henry, the balance of, of running the ball and going to D-hop, but how many miles on those legs for Derrick Henry? Are you concerned now at this point in his career? Just a little bit? Yeah, I am. I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I don't know. The offensive line used to be elite. 
I don't know that it is. They lost the right guard. Taylor Lewan moves on. Uh, you know, the right tackle suspended uh, Petit Ferrer. So, you know, they, they draft Skaronsky. Like, they're trying to put this line back together, and they're going to be minus some parts, and they're going to rely on some young players. And so he needs the line. He needs his tight ends. There's a, the, you know, they got a new coordinator now, so we got to see if they open it up a little bit more than what they have shown in the past. But I don't think it's going to be a big departure. I think Mike Vrabel knows how he wants to win games. Um, but, yes, I am concerned because even we were talking about Eric Dixon earlier. I mean, I remember Eric Dixon uh, pulled a hamstring in 1989. He was the same player, mm. you know, eight years into his career. Never the same player. And so I – and I'm just mentioning Eric, and I'm not – but, like, sometimes these running backs can it, – it's a gradual decline, and then sometimes they can just fall off a cliff. And I'm not predicting that. But sometimes that's how it happens. You know, uh, it, it happens to them all. And you don't know when it's going to hit. Um, and you just you try to foreshadow it. And if Derek isn't in the lineup or starts to get, you know, fewer carries, is there somebody else that can create the same identity that uh, Tennessee has? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll talk about who we think wins this division. Titans have upgraded, guys. Do not even think anything otherwise. D-Hop is an upgrade. Let's talk about the Houston Texans as we preview the AFC South. C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans. I was just talking about this the other day, Baldy, the head coach and quarterback relationship. Nobody wants C.J. to to, to perform and and be successful more than D'Amico Ryans. Here's what I know about D'Amico. He empowers guys and instills this this thing, even as a player, he did this. You know, when I was in Houston and he, and he was around guys and that defense was growing and they were trying to draft the right guys, he instills this thing in his players and guys around him and empowers them to be great. And I think he's going to do that with CJ. And again, he's a rookie. But how much have the Texans improved? And are they a real contender to even, you know, potentially win this division? Because everybody's talking about Jacksonville, which we'll talk about in a moment. <clears throat> Well, I feel like Jacksonville and Tennessee are ahead of them, just more advanced in the coach's philosophy, drafting to that philosophy, building the team around that philosophy. And I feel like D'Amico needs time to build that. And I don't think it happens overnight. It doesn't happen. Like, I think yep. there's certain parts to this team that are really solid. I think Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil are really solid, you know, tackles. Damian Pierce, I think, is a beast. Like, I think they have parts. I think Will Anderson will help. Jalen Petrie was a great pick last year. You know, I, I think they have pieces. I can throw out names. But I think, you know, D'Amico comes from a place in San Francisco right now where they were, you know, it was an organization that found elite players at really important positions and not a couple. Like, you know, like <laughs> ten of them, you know, right, right. You know, the best left tackle, running back, receiver. Uh, you know, you go through the lineup of, you know, Fred at linebacker and Warner and, you know, and Mo- Bosa. I mean, you know, they found Hafanga. Like, they, they just have elite players at so many positions. And then they got a great play call. So, I, like, you know, Salah is going through that with the Jets. Like, let's build the foundation of, you know, some some piranhas up front. You know, and I think you, you don't get that in one draft. I think Will Anderson's a good pick. I think they got some. So I just think they, they need time to build a rookie quarterback. It's hard to win with the rookie quarterback as you're building. Like, just allow them almost to fail, to find out what they have, what they need. Like, let them grow. 
And I, I feel like that's this year. Like, let them grow. Like, even last year, we'll get to Jacksonville. Like, they didn't start off great, but they finished strong. I feel like that's where they're at. Like, they think they might struggle, you know, to win games. Um, just because I, I don't think it's a finished roster yet. But allow that philosophy of what D'Amico is instilling that you're talking about, Carl, and let them let them have some growing pains. Like, it's okay. You know, Jerry, you know, Jimmy Johnson was one in 15 his first year in Dallas. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, who can we trade? Herschel Walker gone. Let's let let's start building it. Let's get some draft capital. And I feel like I'm not predicting one in fifteen, but I feel like I don't know if if six wins is a good if that's a good number. I don't know what the right number is. Like I don't want to put a number on it. I just feel like they need time to gel and to come together. John Minchie should be back. Robert Woods, Damian Pierce. They got a couple of guys that I really Nico like. Brown. Yeah, I, I mean, offensively, I'm like, it's not as if the cupboard is bare when you go to C.J. Stroud and say, who are you throwing the ball to? But you're right. I mean, Baldy, I, there are a couple of guys that should be some playmaking, you know, have some playmaking in their form. I just don't know if it'll be enough, to your point, as they continue to grow. And 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 that offensive line has got to get better, right? That's the other part uh, as they build around C.J. Stroud. Well, I, I kind of like a lot of pieces on the offensive line. You know, they – they had drafted Kenyon Green in the first round two years ago. He's plays next to Laramie Tunsil. Like, I feel like amazing. Titus yeah. Howard was a guy that they found. I think Titus was from South Alabama. Like he's he's like he's come on. Um, you know, Shaq Mason, they picked up in free agency. Uh, you know, he started with New England, uh, Tampa. Like I feel like that part of the team is going to come together pretty quickly. I feel like C.J. Stroud is going to have some protection. Damian Pierce is going to have some holes. Like, I feel actually pretty good about the offensive line. And that's usually the biggest question mark for a lot of coaches that have taken over. Like, how do we get this thing? How do we fix this group up here where we can convert third down, stay on the field? We're not three and out and punting the ball away. Like, you know, where our defense is just getting strung out. Like, I feel like they can, they can be pretty solid on offense. Maybe not scoring in the high 20s. But I feel like they got a chance to put an offense together, run the ball, hang on to the ball. Like I feel like up front, uh, they've got some pretty good. They've got a pretty good group. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well, guys. Subscribe, like us uh, wherever you get your podcast. And and again, the season's right around the corner. Believe it or not, camp getting underway. We're talking about the AFC South today. Let's shift gears and talk about the Colts. Baldy, how soon before we see Anthony Richardson? I want to see him week one, but I don't know if Shane Steichen's going to do that. It's really a – none of us really know. I mean, I, I, part of me says just play him. Just play him. But then part of me says what's wrong with sitting? I mean, I don't think the Colts are going anywhere. And that, that's not the that's not the attitude you should have. Um you know, you, you should tell your fans that we're here to win. But I, I think there is a benefit here. Like, I remember, like, let's just make a comparison to Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know, the great Ozzie Newsom drafted Lamar Jackson, traded back in the first round, final pick of, what, 2018 draft. There's Lamar Jackson. And I remember Lamar's, I think Lamar's first start. I might be wrong. But I think his first start was in Kansas City against Mahomes. Now, maybe he started the week before that, but I remember I was there for the game, Carl. And I remember talking to Harbaugh and, you know, 
you know, some of the coaches like Lamar started. And I'm like, did you put a brand new offense in for him? They're like, no, it's the same offense. We've, we've been running the same offense. You go, well, Flacco never ran the ball. Right. Boy, I know Lamar's going to run the ball. So don't tell me it's the same offense. Well, we installed this back in training camp. I'm like, all right, well, 10 weeks have gone by. Um, you know, Lamar didn't start, but Lamar finished his rookie year. And then, you know, very soon thereafter, he's the MVP of the league. Like, I, I don't think there's – like, I think we all want to see Anthony. We've seen, like, the, the clips on social media. He looks like he's just this dynamic, personable guy that you kind of want out front of your organization. Um, but there is a lot of learning, you know, to be successful. And I know Troy Aikman got thrown in there, and he figured it out. Troy played a lot of college football. He played it yeah. too. You know, he played at Oklahoma. He played at UCLA. He played a lot. Man, 12 college games is not a lot. Even if you said, okay, Cam Newton played 11 games at Auburn, national championship, but he did go to junior college and play and start. Like, this is a very limited um, experience for him. And now you're going up against, you know, Tennessee's front. And you're going to, you know, that, that, that's – like, I don't know how he's going to respond. I, I think there's a benefit for the first month to let him kind of watch, maybe throw him on the field for limited packages, let him take some snaps, let him start. That's what they did at Donovan McNabb is Doug Peterson started for Andy Reid when they drafted Donovan. And it was the right thing to do. And then Donovan gradually, you know, took over like week six or whatever. I feel like that's still the best way for Anthony to get started. You know, Usually you you revert back to whatever you were or whatever you feel comfortable doing when pressure starts coming. And the problem with, with starting him, I think, Baldy, is if he gets that pressure, does he revert to what he's done all his life? He's a supreme athlete. What he did at the Combine, no quarterback has even come close, okay? No. So – Immediately, as you start talking about teams bringing pressure and let's test him and we're going to we're going to get after him. Does he then just go, I'm bigger and faster than everybody else and I'm just going to take off. And then that becomes a concern rather than throwing it away, live for another day. All those things that kind of come as you evolve as a quarterback. And that would be my concern, Baldy, is he's such a damn good athlete. If he gets pressure like that, he's just taking off. And now you're talking about putting yourself in jeopardy throughout the course of the season. I need him to learn about these progressions. And I watched some some games, you know, obviously SEC country and some Florida stuff, talking to people down there. And they were like, look, Anthony's amazing. But part of our thing last year was this one read, Baldy, and I'm out, <laughs> right? I, I got a guy, we think he can beat him out there. If it's not there, he may have looked over here, but then he was tucking it and he was going to get you five or six yards. I don't know if that works where he's going to be in Indianapolis. And that would be my concern about starting him immediately. Well, you know, the head coach now is Shane Steichen. He'll be the offense coordinator. And, you know, Shane's been around the true pocket quarterbacks like a Phillip Rivers uh, and a Matt LeBron, you know, well, not, not Matt Ryan, but like a Phillip Rivers. Yeah. And, but then he's been around Jalen Hurts. So, you know, he was there when Jalen took over the final four weeks of the season when Carson Wentz went south. And, you know, there was Jalen, you know, just, you know, being a backup and backup duties and all that kind of stuff. And then he got a chance to play. And he beat the New Orleans Saints in his first start, a really good defense. And he ran a lot. And really, New Orleans had no answer for him. 
much like probably Anthony, Anthony will probably do when he gets his chance. Like he, he'll just run away from guys. Yep. Yeah. I, I we're going to so see. I think, I, you know, I, I, I like I. <laughs> I think the owner. I think the look. I, I I know Jimmy Ursay really well. I played for the Colts. I know that. I know Jim. I know how he thinks. They got to fix. Like honestly, Jim's involved here because they got to fix the quarterback position. Not winning a Super Bowl like they did with Peyton until they fix that position. And I feel like there's not. They're not in rush mode here. Or like they don't have to get this right right away. Like there's time, and so. You know, Peyton's first year, they won three games, Carl. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll never forget, um, I did, me and Kurt Menefee were, like, the last team at Fox. You know, we were, like, low down in the total <laughs> pole. So, we did, we did Caroline Indianapolis week 16 or 17, whatever. And, you know, Peyton Manning comes in for his production meeting, and Peyton does, Peyton's Peyton. You know, they're, they're like, literally 3-12 and 12 or whatever. And um, Peyton is just exactly what we've seen his whole career, right? He's just steady, answers all the questions. And at the end, we're standing up saying goodbye. I just said, I just said something like, hey, Peyton, what are you going to do with all that money? $51 million or whatever it was. He goes, I'm going to earn it. You know, just the right answer. He went out and earned it. And yeah. he turned that, not just the franchise around. He made Indianapolis into a football town. Like he converted a racing town and a college sports town and a basketball town into a football town. One guy. With the team on, you know, he did that. He had that power and that sort of reach. And that's what they are. They're a football town right now. And Anthony can continue that trend. I just don't know that. I think there's a benefit with this guy to watching the first few weeks, as much as we all want to see him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, the Peyton. By the way, I think Peyton's the best. Uh, he changed the game at the line of scrimmage, like nobody else. And you know, I, I, I think I think he's the best uh, outside of what he's doing now because he's having fun producing all these shows, the quarterback show on Netflix. You know, Peyton's behind that, and Bravo. but yeah, yeah. But I, I got to tell you, you're right. I mean, they won, they won like twelve games a year from the point they took off. So for like 10 years, they won 12 games every year. Any was winning 12 games a year, and he made it look easy. I mean, yeah. I, I'd watch Peyton Manning, Baldy, and you he'd throw four touchdown passes before you could snap your finger, and you'd be like, you know, he was incredible. So I, I totally agree with you. All right, we got to move on and talk about the team that everybody's talking about to win the AFC South, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence made the jump in year two. He went from a rookie season that was not good. I think he threw, you know, seven, eight, ten interceptions, whatever it was. Comes back those 25 touchdowns. Just seemed like he felt comfortable with where he was at in year two. And then they go to the playoffs. And let's remember this. They go to Kansas City. That's a that's a game. Mm, it wasn't oh yeah. like it wasn't like Kansas City ran away with that thing. So everybody thinks they're gonna come back. They're gonna be better. They add Calvin Ridley to that receiving core for Trevor Lawrence. People think this team's offense, their offense is going to be a lot better than it was last year. And that's, if that's the case, Baldy, they're scoring 30 a game. 
So that becomes a dangerous team. Uh, I agree. And Doug Peterson did a magnificent job, really did. Because he, you know, he had to steady the ship. They didn't have to get off to a great start, but they won their final five regular season games to get to nine and eight. There they are at four and eight. They beat the Cowboys in overtime. I mean, they had some huge wins down the stretch. You could see the confidence growing. And they really did a great job of building around Trevor. They went out and got Brandon Sheriff. You know, like, you know, sometimes you just need a dog up front. They drafted Luke Fortner, started every game at center. Great, great pick. Um, you know, Christian Kirk was, people said, well, what the hell are they paying Christian Kirk for? Well, he, he you know, he's got speed. He can burst. Uh, Evan Ingram just got a long-term deal. Yep. But they figured out Evan Ingram was just a guy in New, in New York. We thought he was talented. But, you know, he's not a guy that's going to, you know, go block your defensive end. Like, But they figured out the role for Evan Ingram. And, boy, did he flourish. Um, and then Trevor just had – these places to go with the ball and the offense makes sense. And you're like, wow. I mean, Trevor pulls the trigger. Like that's how you throw the ball with confidence. Middle of the field, darts down the field, drop it in the bucket. Like you just saw, you saw athleticism. You saw the guy just grow into the position, Carl. It was yeah. fun to watch. Um, you, anybody that's a Jacksonville Jaguar fan witness this and watch this week by week. And, you know, you saw it with Matt Ryan early in his career and how it came to become the MVP of the league and the Super Bowl. Like, sometimes it happens quickly. Sometimes it takes a little while. It happened pretty quickly. And I've been around Doug Peterson a lot. And the thing that he does, Carl, that to me not everybody can do, is he is a collaborator. Like, he can take information. He's the play caller. But he can take information from – the quarterback, the backup quarterback, the offense line coach, you know, the guy upstairs, Press Taylor, whoever. And he can spit out the right play or the sequence of plays. He Not everybody can do that in real time and also coach the team and mm-hmm. challenge and, you know, decide punt, field goal, whatever. He's, he's, he's really good and connect with his quarterback. And How so good- – well, I was just going to say, in the offense's role, and, and we don't want to forget Travis Etienne and all that. Yes. But how good is the defense, Baldy? That's really – I mean, they're going to score points. How good is this defense going to be for Jacksonville? Well, I feel like, you know, the linebackers have a real chance right now. Um, you know, I mean, Devin Lloyd last year, Aluaquan, like that was became a pretty good tandem. That was a good pick, Devin Lloyd. Doesn't get talked about a lot. But, you know, these guys are going to be the next really, I think, really good tandem. I mean, you know Aluquan from Milan. Not many guys can run like he can run. Um, those two guys at speed. Now, uh, Trayvon Walker is, you know, he, he, he didn't – he wasn't Aiden Hutchinson. But he, there is a role for him. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be this 12 to 15 sack guy. And maybe he doesn't have to be. He would just be a big, strong guy that can hold the point and – um, there's a role for him. Uh, the secondary looked like it got better. Rayshon Jenkins, you know, some of the guys they had on the edge out there, you know, like Tyson Campbell, they have to get better up front. You know, they've got it. They've got to be able to apply more pressure uh, than what they did. And so that's really the question mark right now in a passing league. Can they apply more pressure than they did last year? Because it was a weakness uh, the offense overcame it, you know, in a playoff win. And then, but it showed up against Kansas City, 
um, in a tight game where the offense played well, but the defense, you know, just, uh, you know, couldn't contain Mahomes. Not many people can, but that's the challenge right now. Yeah, and they're the favorite, right, to win this division. I mean, you you, you got Jacksonville. That's my guess. Tennessee with the addition of D-Hop as we get ready to talk about, you know, the, the, the season rolling around here. We've been giving you our picks in the divisions as we've covered, as we're going through this, guys. Um, is that your team to win the AFC South? Who wins the AFC South, Baldy? I think it's going to be a dogfight with Tennessee and with Jacksonville. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is still a good quarterback. You may – you know, people may write him off. He got hurt last year. He got hurt. He played with a bad ankle at the end. Um, I, I, I still think you got to give that offensive line time to gel. And I got to see if Derrick Henry has real juice in those legs. So I'm not ready to write them off because I know defensively they're going to be very good. Um, so I think it's going to be a dogfight with Tennessee and Jacksonville. But I would say I put Jacksonville just over the top just because of, I think, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Is going to be that <laughs> offense. I think he's hungry. I, I think that they could be very dynamic offensively right now. Baldy, I just want to tell this story uh, again. Subscribe, guys, in the huddle, wherever you get your podcast, in the huddle pod on YouTube. So, uh, Trevor's from Cartersville, Georgia, which yes, is, he is north of, of Atlanta. And when he was in high school, they were like, hey, Dukes, man, you need to go see this kid. Cartersville is a big kid, he throws the ball. You, 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 he's going to be something. So I go see him play in high school. And the night I went to see him on a Friday night, he, he throws like five touchdowns. You know, he makes it look easy. And I remember the first time I saw him, he reminded me of Sunshine from Remember the Titans because he yeah, had yeah, long yeah. hair, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, he's skinny, but yeah. he can throw the ball. And so, uh, you know, I, you talk to him back then, and we're going back now. That's eight years or whatever it's been. Um, and you could tell the maturity was there already. So I think he loses one game in high school. Goes to Clemson, obviously follows, you know, Deshaun Watson, just does his thing. Nothing ever bothered him, made it look easy there. They win a chip. And then he's in the NFL. And, Baldy, I only tell this story to say last year, or his rookie year when he went through that adversity with all that was going on with Urban Meyer, Baldy, that destroys a lot of quarterbacks, especially young guys. They just never pan out because your rookie season, there's no development. And the kid is so mentally strong. He comes back, and you talk about, you know, the the new coach who comes in with Super Bowl pedigree. But I got to give Trevor Lawrence credit. The mental capacity to say he wasn't good his rookie year, and a lot of people, they jumped off. They were like, oh, this guy's not the number one pick. And then year two, he immediately comes back and performs. And I just – I think people take that for granted. A lot of guys cannot mentally handle having the kind of rookie season he had and the turmoil that was going on in the organization – and then they kind of just stay flat, right? And it's like, what's wrong? He took off. And he. I think now he's going to continue to ascend. So all that is true, Carl. I'll go back to Cartersville for a sec. Because my, my favorite part of the whole story of Trevor Lawrence is he's in eighth grade. Okay, The high school team has spring football. So he leaves eighth grade to go practice with the high school team. And as an eighth grader, he wins the job. Going into ninth grade, Carl, like he's in junior high school. Yeah. Come practice with the varsity in, you know, in April, May, April, May. And he wins the job and starts as a ninth grader, starts every game. He actually went 52 and two. Two games. Four games. For, yeah. That's my favorite story. I, 
I don't know any eighth grader that won the job. Um, I'm sure there's players that have done it. Uh, but that's my favorite part of the story. And then he started 54 straight games for Cartersville, two state titles, all that kind of stuff. The guy, when they said he was a generational talent, I believe he's a generational talent. We saw it in the second half of the season. We saw it in the postseason. Um, and I think we're going to see it over the next decade. I do too. Baldy, great job, guys. We'll continue to preview the divisions. Now, where are you headed, by the way? Next week is when it starts for you? Yes. So um, I'll be at the Jets next week. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles here for NFL meetings and doing stuff with the NFL Network. But I'll be in New York and Philadelphia next week. I go to Green Bay. Uh, I'll see Jordan Love for two, two practices. And then I head in order. I go – Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Chicago. Wow. And Detroit is there in Detroit getting ready for scrimmages. So uh, I'll see them for a couple of days and then Chicago. And then, um, and that's, that's, you know, then I get into my second week after the first week of uh, preseason games. So I'll, I'll see a lot more teams after that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. It's about to rev up, and we will be revving it up right here within the huddle. You guys have a great day. Subscribe. Thanks for being here, Baldy. Enjoy your time in L.A. in the meetings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Carl. Sounds good, buddy. Take care, guys. Yeah.